For this month, as Jeremy said, we've been looking at this. Our theme has been prepare. How do we prepare our hearts for God to work in our heart? How do we uh, prepare our hearts for God to work through us in our city and the lives of people that we love? And tonight, with just a few hours left before Christmas, we want to talk specifically about how do we prepare for that? How do we prepare for Christmas? And when I, I say Christmas, I don't mean the event, the things that you're going to be doing over the next 24 hours. Those things are great and wonderful and hopefully meaningful. Um, when you crash in bed tomorrow night and you've kind of done all of that stuff, there's maybe this sense of, I'm, I'm finished, it, it's over. That's, I'm not talking about any of that. You most likely have been preparing for tomorrow for the last two or three weeks, and there's some, some ritual things that we do as a people to get ready for Christmas. Some people send out Christmas cards... So the guy, the top, that guy, you think what's shocking is that he's not wearing a robe. If you look at his hairline, it's actually worse. I'm not sure what you say about Captain Morgan down there with his turtleneck on. And then we have some people like to put their pets in their Christmas card. Nothing says Merry Christmas like a leopard eating a, I don't know what, a gazelle. Next, creepy Christmas cards sometimes. That's tough, isn't it? <laughs> Nobody wants that Santa Claus coming to their house. Put up a tree. Everybody puts up a tree, right? Helpful if you have Superman. He can do some work for you. Then you've got to get gifts. You've all been rapping probably all day. Just to be clear, you might not be able to see. Those are tortillas <laughs> that he's wrapping kind of taking recycling to the next level there. You can eat your wrapping paper. Happy birthday, Jesus. I, like, I mean, that's, that's okay. It is his birthday. What else do we have? Wrapping-wise, nothing says I love you, Dad, like a sock. And the guy in the bottom right, he just quit. That's all I got. So leave it in the Target sack. I'm not sure what he was thinking of. And then some people decorate their houses, lights and things, and some people go all out. And some people don't. That's pretty good, isn't it? So tonight we want to focus not on that, not on Christmas as an event, but Christmas as an invitation to a new way of living life. Um, the... The only word you need to remember for tonight, just remember one word from tonight, it's Emmanuel. It's a Hebrew name, it means God with us. In Matthew chapter 1, Joseph, he's Mary's fiance, and uh, he finds out she's pregnant, and he's a righteous man, and he knows the baby's not his, and so he decides to divorce her. The angel Gabriel appears to him and says, don't, don't do that. The baby that she's conceived is, is been conceived by the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be afraid about marrying her. Uh, you can name the baby Jesus. He's going to save his people from, his, from their sins. Jesus means God saves. And then Matthew, commenting on all of that, the writer of the story, says all of those things happened to fulfill a prophecy that was spoken 500 years ago by Isaiah that the virgin would have a son and he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And that God with us, that's... That's a posture that God takes towards us as people to, to say 
God is Emmanuel, God with us, and God wants to keep company with us, and that's pretty phenomenal to me, to think about God wanting to keep company with us. If you go to Stonebridge, you've probably heard me refer to A.W. Tozier. He was a pastor probably 75 or 80 years ago in Chicago, and one of the things that he said is, the most important thing about us is what we think about when we think about God. The most important thing about us is what we think about when we think about God. And I wonder tonight, as we think about preparing for Christmas, not as an event, but as an invitation to a new way of living life, if I were to ask you, what do you think about when you think about God, whether that's intentionally thinking about Him or when your mind just begins to wander in the direction of God, do you think Emmanuel? Do you think God with us? Do you personalize it and think God wants to keep company with me? That can be a difficult reality for some of us to get our minds around for, for, for multiple reasons. Sometimes we don't think about God as Emmanuel, God with us. We think about God as distant. He's somewhere up in the clouds somewhere. He's far off from us, removed from our lives. But Emmanuel says that's not true. God has taken on flesh and blood, and he's, as Eugene, Peter says, Eugene Peterson says, he's, he's moved into our neighborhood He's become one of us. Jeremy mentioned that leading into the service today. He's not far away. He's drawn near. Some would say he's as near as your next breath. He's the friend who sticks closer to you than a brother. For some of you, when what do you think about when you think about God? You don't think about Emmanuel, God keeping company with me. You think about God as distant, not necessarily physically or geographically distant, but relationally so. You think about God as being disinterested in you. There are other people or other things that are more important. He's busy doing things that really matter. He's not aware of what's going on in my little trivial day-to-day life. And Emmanuel says that's not true at all. That's not true at all. Emmanuel says that God has numbered the very hairs of our head. And that number changes every day. For some, some of us, it gets lower. <laughs> but he's aware of that. He's far from being disinterested in you. He has plans and purposes for your life, things that he has dreamed about before you were even born. He's intimately aware of and concerned about the dailiness of your life. Some of you, what do you think about when you think about God? You don't think about Emmanuel, God with you, wanting to keep company with you. You think about God being against you. You think of all the places you've messed up, All of the times that you've ignored him or disobeyed him, the times you've sinned, you think about the wickedness in your own heart, and you think, he don't want to keep company with somebody like me. I don't even want to keep company with somebody like me sometimes. Why would a holy God want to keep company with someone like me? And Emmanuel says, that's not true. He desires to keep company with you. It's through Emmanuel, through Jesus, that God is reconciling the whole world to himself. While we were still sinners, while we were enemies of God, Jesus died for us in order for us to have the opportunity to be reconciled to God, to be adopted as the Father's sons and daughters. Some of you, what do you think about when you think about God? You don't think about Emmanuel, God with me, God wanting to keep company with me. You think about God might love me, but he doesn't really get me. He doesn't understand me. He doesn't know what it's like. He's never walked a mile in my shoes. And Emmanuel says, that's not true either. Emmanuel says, we have a 
a great high priest who's been, who can sympathize with all of our weaknesses. He's been tempted in the, the same ways that we all have, except he's never sinned. He can help us navigate through all of those situations that trip us up and snare us. He's been angry, and he hadn't sinned. He's been frustrated, and he hasn't sinned. He's lost a parent. He's lost a, a close friend, and he hasn't sinned. He's been betrayed. He's been misunderstood. His family has ostracized him, and he, he didn't sin. He's lived with the insecurity of not having a steady job and source of income and not knowing where he's going to sleep at night, and yet he didn't sin. He understands what it's like to be us. I heard somebody say one time, if you want to know how much God loves you, you can look two places. You can look to the cross, and you can see the great love that God has for you, that he sent his son to die for you. And you can also look at a teenager, and God loved you enough to go through puberty for you. Both of those things. His love for us, he he gets it. He knows what it's like to be us. That idea of sympathizing means to suffer with. Think about the reality of that. God who is perfect chooses to suffer with us and with you. What do you think about when you think about God? Do you think Emmanuel? When you think Christmas, do you think destination or invitation? Do you see Christmas as an event? And it's going to be over in 24 hours. And you can take a deep breath and get a good night's sleep and pack it all up until December 1st next year. Or you see Christmas as a doorway into a new way of living life. More aware of this. Emmanuel, this God with you, this God who desires to keep company with you. We're going to close tonight by taking communion. As you do that, my encouragement to you is to recognize this as the invitation. Jesus died not just to forgive you of your sins so you could kind of go about your life and he'll see you when you die in heaven. He died to forgive you of your sins in order to remove the barrier to relationship with him. The goal has always been intimacy. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. He wants to keep company with you, as difficult as that may be for you to get your heart and your mind around. And I hope that as you take communion this evening, you can recognize the great lengths that God went to. As Jeremy said, Christmas and Easter, the two greatest miracles in history, all in order to give you and me the opportunity to be reconciled to our Father in heaven. Some of you have never made a decision to trust Jesus with your life. And as you maybe come forward and take communion, and please do, we invite you to do that. I would encourage you to do that from a place that says, God, when I think about you, honestly... I don't see the relevance. Or, or God, when I think about you, honestly, I I don't even know if you're real. Would you tonight, would you entertain the thought, maybe make it a prayer. God, if you're real and if you're relevant to my life, would you show me that? Would you show me that tomorrow on Christmas? It's coming. Just a couple hours. Would you show me that you're real and that you're relevant in a way that I can understand? If that prayer is sincere, he'll answer it. If you're asking him to do a magic trick, he won't. But if that prayer is sincere, I believe he'll answer it.
Many of you have made a decision to follow Jesus. Do you recognize and realize and do you live daily in the awareness that he wants to keep company with you? Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, but when he took his position there in heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to earth. And now we don't just have God with us, we have God in us, taking up residence in our heart. And maybe as you take communion tonight, you want to do so, saying, in faith, God, would you make me more aware on a daily basis that you are my Emmanuel, you're God with me. Would you help me understand the height and the width and the breadth and the depth of your love for me, that you would actually choose to keep company with me, that you delight in spending time with me? Would you make me aware of that? And show me how to cultivate that truth into my life. The way you'll take communion, we'll have two serving teams here. You'll come forward a row at a time. And you'll break off a piece of bread and dip it in the juice and then eat it. Uh, there's gluten-free communion and it'll stay here on the, the, edge, the ends of this table. If you need that, please take that. When you go back to your seat, you can have a seat. And then we'll close with, um, with, a, with a worship song. So that's kind of how the rest of the night will go. So you'll be prompted to come forward, take communion, circle back around the, uh, to the outside, and then you can have a seat when you get back to your chair, and then Bo will dismiss us uh, after this worship song. So I'm going to say a prayer. If you're helping with communion, if you'd please come on up, take your spot. And Bo, you can come on back up as well, please. Y'all pray with me if you would. God, we confess we don't get it. We don't understand the, the, greatness of you becoming one of us. You, you being Emmanuel, a God who wants to be with us. And God, my prayer for every child, every student, and every adult in this room as tonight as they walk forward and break off a piece of bread and dip it in grape juice and go back and have a seat and then go on with the rest of their night and pick up tomorrow with all of the fun things that are associated with Christmas as an event. God, my prayer, and I believe it's your hope, is that we will hear you beckoning us not just Christmas as an event, but Christmas as an invitation. Not Christmas as a destination, but Christmas as a doorway into a new way of living life. And God, my prayer is that we would be ready to respond. For those that don't know you, God, I pray this would be the night. That they would take that step of faith that can be so scary. To put their trust in you. I don't have... I don't have it all figured out, but I know enough to know that you love me, and so I'm going to go with that. For those of us who've put our faith in you, that tonight would be the night that we would make a commitment to cultivate on a deeper and more regular basis the reality of your spirit living within us, keeping company with us hour by hour and day by day. God, I pray for each one of our hearts 
that you would fill us with joy. And I pray for our minds and that you'd fill us with peace. And I pray that every person in this room would experience in their hearts in the way that's meaningful to them the depth of your great love for them. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.